Hey guys, what's going on? This is episode 8 of the Young Professional Podcast and today I've got Johnny Lee on the show. Johnny owns a number of businesses including a handful of restaurants in LA as well as being a stock investor and an online educator. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode and be challenged to think about your personal finances when it comes to investing. Let's jump right in. So Johnny, thanks for jumping on the show. Um, I'm excited to hear from you and, and chat with you all things business and investing. Um, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. I, I I had a flight that was really late last night. Uh, it was delayed, but uh, yeah. I finally got home and uh, I'm tired today, but there's too many things going on, so I can't, I can't really rest that much. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. So for those who are listening, do you want to maybe introduce yourself and share a bit about what you are involved in? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Johnny. Um, uh, I, I go by Waltz in the Street, and uh, maybe I'll explain that later. Um, but uh, yeah, I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a business owner or multi-business owner or whatever you want to call it. Um, I... Uh, I have been working in television and film. I've been working in um, technology. I, I, I've been uh, trying a lot of um, different industries uh, for a very long time as a, uh, I guess as a career path or whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I like trying a lot of new things. Um, if there's uh, something I see out there that I feel like I can add value to or uh, maybe um, uh, have a slightly different vision that could use something. I try to use the skills I have or the skills I think I have uh, to um, bring value to things. So uh, if a friend says, hey, I have this idea um, and this is how far we've gone with it, what do you think? And um, and I love I love when that happens because I can – use what i know and use what i yeah. what i think uh, can be used well to to help uh, somebody in businesses so beyond my own businesses i've helped uh in various capacities launch a lot of other businesses for for friends and and acquaintances over the past 10 years so nice cool so you're adding your own sort of spin or, or flavor to those kind of existing businesses as well as being involved in your own yeah, you know, I, I started with doing uh, marketing, and this is before um, SMMA was such a big thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like these days on Instagram, 10-year-old kid says, I'm a marketing genius, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll get you whatever you need, you know, like it's, you see zillions of them. And, uh, and hey, more, more power to them, you know, everybody learns doing it a certain way and doing a, some kind of thing like that. And then later on they realize, Oh, um, it's kind of funny that we started that way and they find themselves in, in much better places just because they decided to start something. So I yeah. did um, a marketing business uh, a while back and I just felt like some of the, uh, I, I put too much or not too much, but I put a lot of heart and passion into it. So when people would say, um, Hey, how do we market this product? I would, I would really like uh, bend over backwards to figure it out for them. And um, you give them uh, a whole plan and you give them a whole like layout and, and project management. Um, but it really comes down to the owner themselves. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the owner themselves wasn't a type of person to execute those ideas, you know? Yeah. So yeah. if someone says, Hey, I have, I have this product. 
I have 5,000 of them. Like, how do I market it or what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times um, I would lay out this thing and spend hours and hours saying, this is like how to do it. And I think it'll be successful if we do it this way, or at least it, it, it has a chance of success if we do it this way. And a lot of times uh, they would say, wow, that's amazing. But, you know, they're not cut out to really be that way. That's why they asked me to help in the first place, right? Yeah. So yeah. I felt like I was giving away too much of my energy and maybe some of my ideas to people that I didn't or that I realized cannot really execute those things. Yeah. And um, you, you can't, you got to have both. Uh, if you're going to be a lone star, you got to have both, got to have the ideas and the execution. And a lot of people had the, uh, the operation ability, but that doesn't, you know, I can make a hamburger, but that doesn't mean I can sell it. Right. So yeah, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. And, and I, I find that a lot. I find that in real estate. I find that in just so many industries, you know, you work for a company and then you go, you know what, I should just do this myself. I'm, I'm one of the, you know, I'm, I'm doing well in this arena. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm putting 40 hours or 50 hours in for this company and they're doing great. And partly because of your success, why not, you know, branch out and put 80 hours or 60 hours or whatever, 10 hours a week into your own thing and, and see where it can go. And so I did exactly that. And, and, um, yeah, I feel like, a, a uh, it, it has really helped me learn a lot more. And, and now I find myself in this place where I'm kind of this consultant to any small business that needs help. You know, they, they yeah. tell me this is what phase I'm at, yeah. whether it's funding or location searching or, or some question about construction or, you know, should I go with this guy or that guy, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. people, a lot of people end up asking me for help and I just, they DM me and I just give people help. I just say, this is what I would do. This is what I think. And, and, um, you know, if it doesn't work, come back and let's try something else. So, yeah. Nice one. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've read, um, obviously on your Instagram and also on your LinkedIn and stuff that, um, you have your hand in a couple of, uh, restaurants. Um, and I think actually I, I checked one or two of them out and noticed that you've been featured on on maybe some you know large food blog or whatever. And uh, I, I think it was a pizza and the pizza just looked insane. Like it was dripping <laughs> cheese. And I was like, I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you want to maybe I, just talk about your, your, uh, your restaurants or yeah, you know, um, restaurant business and, and it's probably similar to pretty much everywhere in the world. Restaurant business is one of the, uh, essential small businesses of the world because, you know, um, it covers one of the basic things that we need in life. So, you know, that's why real estate is such a big thing because it's shelter. We, yeah. for the rest of our lives, we will seek it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't even think about that. If you, if you have a full-time job and you're doing pretty decent, uh, you're probably paying rent somewhere or you're paying a, a mortgage somewhere. You'll seek after shelter for the rest of your life. Nobody goes through life and says, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to live anywhere anymore. You know, nobody think nobody says that. No one thinks that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, small business and restaurants for me is really about fun, you know? Um, I, I opened a burger shop called Meatzilla and I didn't expect it to, uh, you know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I, I, I hardly ever approach anything that way um, just because it puts too much pressure on myself and what I, what I think I'm doing. I feel like mm-hmm. it's better to say, you know what, I want to try this. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to learn a lot. 
And if it works, great. If it doesn't, I still take away a lot from it. Yeah, it's a learning um, and so, experience. Yeah. And also, I, I love burgers. I don't, I'm, trying not to be the, <laughs> I'm trying not to be the, what is it, a quintessential American here. I, I am, I'm Korean American, but I'm trying not to be the most American person of all time. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I love burgers. And yeah, burgers and, and pizza and ice cream and all that kind of stuff um, is, uh, is working class food. And, and the way I know that is because pizza, you can – and poor people eat pizza – you can go and have like a, a a fancy gourmet chef made pizza at a fancy restaurant for you know thirty forty dollars, mm-hmm. and it'll taste amazing. Or you can go to um, any pizza shop around the corner, and it's like two to three dollars per slice or something like that. Or if you go to New York, really cheap pizza there, uh, you know, and you can have that too. And there are people of all socioeconomic backgrounds that eat at those places. You, you see mm-hmm. people in suits and you see people just, you know, uh, that young kids just going there after school. You see them in all different places. So I love working class food personally. I just feel like um, you get diversity in that. You get so many people thinking about owning like a fine dining place, uh, especially here in Los Angeles, is, is just the most dreadful sounding thing to me. I'm not saying it's not there's not people very successful doing it because there clearly is. But yeah. the middle ground where people are just breaking even, that pretty much makes up the majority of the people that are in that restaurant business. It's just you get by, you get you you break even and you do the best you can and and that's the the case for a lot of businesses. So restaurant business is tough as nails, but I'm having fun with it because, you know, we've been on a lot of media outlets and I've never been on TV so many times in my life for a, a burger or for a pizza. Yeah. And um you know, it, and it's not about, for, for me personally, speaking on food, it's not about making something viral just for the sake of um, making it viral. I want to yeah. make something that's viral, but I also want to do something that tastes good in one regard and then also the ingredients. So like our burgers, we don't use anything frozen. I have nothing against frozen places because I've been to places that have a really quick frozen, you know, patty and they, and they throw it on a grill with tons of oil. I've had that kind of burger before, and I like that mm-hmm. kind of burger, but I didn't want to do that myself. So we use 100% fresh, no frozen um, Angus Chuck beef. There's no yeah. – and it just tastes better that way. We season it freshly right before we throw it on the grill. There's no pre – that sort of stuff. We, we hand pat them down and everything ourselves. And so um, – and, uh, yeah, I just – I don't try to just do it run of the mill, and I think people um, appreciate that. And, yeah. and if, even if it was frozen patties – people would still love it. Um, but, uh, it's just more of a thing that I want to do personally. I could probably make more money if I didn't choose to do it fresh. Um, but it's not necessarily about money. It's, it's about doing something fun. And, um, and I realize um, it has brought a lot of public trust, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people online that on Instagram or YouTube, that's like, Hey, you know, check out my book or check out my ebook or check out my this or that. And, um, there's nothing else on the in the world about them except for that. Yeah. But people who live in Los Angeles or 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 in the states or or or, or nearby enough or who know Los Angeles, they go, "Hey, I want to learn from you because I see what you're doing. I saw you on TV, you know." Yeah. So it it brings credibility. I go, "Yeah, I'm just a I'm just a regular guy and um but you saw me on TV because I was able to do something successful enough to be there." whether that's food or whatever. And uh, so there's public trust. They start, they trust you. And, and, and that barrier is the hardest thing. You can sell the most 
honest product, but until people trust you, you're just another person to them. So mm-hmm. that's so, that's why I like restaurants. So yeah, I'm actually just I found the link that I was talking about. It's the uh, the Meatzilla you call it, and it was yeah. on uh, Food Network. So yeah, you want to talk yeah. about that? So I, yeah. I can see that it's like a almost like a pizza burger. Yeah. So you know, I I had a I this is kind of cliche and dumb, but it's just the truth. When we were opening the the restaurant, I said, you know what? I had this dream last night that we can we can make the bun. We take the top bun of the burger, flip it over, add add, add a house made sauce, add a house or uh, and and um, add cheese, and then we hand cut little, these little mini pepperonis. I'm sure the way we do it is labor intensive, but that's just the way we've always done it. So we yeah. we cut out these little mini pepperonis out of large pepperonis, and um, and we toast it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put on top of the burger, and you—it's called Mitsa style, and you can get that on any burger you want. Nice. And um, I'm sure a bunch of stoners and a bunch of young high school kids have already thought of this a long time ago, and I'm pro- probably sure that it somehow came from my childhood as well. You yeah. know, because it's you know you're combining stuff, and you know who what what person doesn't think that that's crazy but delicious? Yeah. But it it seems heavy at first when you look at it. You know, it looks like this microwave or um this uh toaster oven pre-frozen pizza that you would get at a at a grocery store but it's actually not it's actually the top bun which yeah. makes it actually really soft and and um squishy so Man, it, i'm looking i'm looking at it right now and i haven't <laughs> i haven't had dinner yet and it's making me hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 really good and and you know we have a burger called kim park lee and it has like um Korean barbecue beef called bulgogi on it. Oh man. Um and it's really really good. So and and it, I attribute a lot of this to my partner uh his name is James and um yeah, he's not a, you know, he didn't have any formal chef training. We we know how to put ideas together and just throw it out there and if it works it works and and if it doesn't it doesn't. But for the most part all the ideas we've put out there and 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 not just our ideas but some of our staff the ideas they put out there, um, you know, we give them free reign. You have a cool idea, let's do it. Let's make it the burger of the week, you know. Yeah. And they'll they'll just do it. And if it sticks, we'll we'll bring it back or we'll keep it on the menu. I'm always open to it. I don't have to be the the chief visionary creative person. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's whoever can. And I realize like having something creative makes people more creative. They look at our pizza burger and go, wow. Anything is possible. And then it spawns a whole world of uh, people. So the, the, there's a hashtag called Pizza Burger because mm-hmm. that's what everybody called what we were making. And now you see restaurants all around the entire world who, who, do, who are doing just almost the exact same thing. They, and, and, you know, we see them. They, they follow us on Instagram, and then we see them. Um, rolling that out temporarily or permanently on their menus, and and you know it doesn't offend us at all. We think it's we think it's great, and we think it's hilarious. So yeah, I love it. That's so cool. So how how did you, you know, did you have an interest in restaurants when you were growing up, or how did you initially actually get your foot in the door? Because I think a lot of people maybe listening to this podcast will want to know like how do you actually get into you know, launching and owning and being successful in an actual restaurant, you know, that idea right through to having it. Well, well, it's my, it's, it's how I bring, um, it's how I bring value. I think it really comes down to that. So, uh, uh, 
you know, someone who's listening to this, who's say in their twenties and they're like, yeah, I'm working full time. I want to start my own business. And, and they, and they're not talking about business where like, um, some kind of a side hustle that they have to like put in a lot of marketing work, but they, a lot of people just want to open a restaurant. A lot of people just want to open a, um, a shipping store, uh, that carries all the major carriers you know, people just want to run small businesses. Small business is the backbone of the entire world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's really value. So I'll, I'll tell you the quick story of, of Meatzilla. And, and, you know, I, I, I rarely tell this story, but, Basically, my, my partner and I, and, and we weren't partners at the time, but uh, my, my, you know, I, we were talking about opening a, a, like a burger pop-up in our part-time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't want to do a food truck. And uh, so you know, in certain financial districts in, in Los Angeles and pretty much all over the United States and probably all over the world, these financial districts close early. They don't, they don't stay open after like 3 or 4 p.m. because you know, these people, these people who work in accounting and, and lawyers and, and, and financial banks and stuff, they, they go home, they go home and they eat dinner at home or they yeah. eat dinner late at somewhere else. So it's just like lunchtime the, trade, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lunchtime place. So I found a lunchtime place that was run by some, um, some Im- immigrants and they like to close early. And I was thinking in my head, Hey, you guys close literally at two o'clock. Like you start cleaning at one, one thirty. Mm-hmm. you know, when, when your lunch rush is a, getting close to over and they yeah. close about two thirty, three o'clock every day and they can be flexible they'll if there's no customers they'll just close at two yeah and so i asked them hey could i uh take over from four to midnight mm-hmm. in your kitchen i will give you so basically you do nothing we will clean we will you know obviously some of your equipment will have more wear and tear but um but we will pay you uh, yeah, some rent money or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Every burger we sell, you're going to get 25% of it, right? So, something yeah. like that. And mm-hmm. they love that idea because they're like, we don't have the energy or time to do work that long. And we don't even have the know-how or anything to attract enough people to, to stick around to justify those hours. And yeah. that's where I said, I do. Um, I know how to make a, 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 a product in terms of food. Um, I wouldn't say... Uh, viral because things get viral and they die quickly, but something that can last. So something that can be like exciting, but last a little bit longer, whether that's mm-hmm. a year or two years or a little longer. So um, I think it's adding value to them. What they saw is um, not me proposing, Hey, uh, uh, let me have your stuff. Let me have a handout. Let me do something. Let give me something. It yeah. was more like, Hey, I'm going to give you more money sit back, relax, and watch the money come in. And yeah. then I'm going to have a lot of fun, and my partner's going to have a lot of fun doing our own concept, and it's going to be out of the same place. Yeah, so, it's a win-win. Yeah, they do breakfast and, and different types of items in the morning, and then we move some of that stuff, and we do cool bur- So So that's the idea. And if anyone's listening to that, that's like the biggest hack I could share with anyone is that look for people that have underutilized assets that you can put in place because chances are people don't have – tons of money laying around just to open a restaurant because restaurants, first of all, are extremely hard businesses. Yeah. And then having the capital to just risk, risk all that is really, yeah, really front. difficult. You have yeah. to make very, very calculated um, risks. And I feel like that's one of the most calculated things you go somewhere and go, Hey, you know what? This uh, old couple is um, 
they're, they're sort of like winding down and they, they run like a small shop during the day. What if I can turn that shop into something for the last like four hours of the day and, and do some kind of cool, like quick, uh, uh, quick service, like a uh, dinner spot, um, or late night spot, they will yeah. get more money. And as long as we keep it clean, the relationship keeps going. And, and then after a month we can say, Hey, we love this pop-up. Can we make something more formal? And, and, um, you know, we'll keep giving you the same deal and, but let's just extend it. And they'll say, of course, we love getting money. We wake up in the morning, everything's clean and, and we're making more money doing less. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's one of the ways I approached it. I just felt like that made sense. I looked at this place and I said, it's underutilized. Mm -hmm. So I, I walked to another place and I saw this, um, burger shop and, it, it was, and I, and I just casually had a conversation with them and I said, how, how much money are you guys making revenue every day? Mm-hmm. I said, well, how about we, we, we attempt to increase that? And they said, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, we're going to have a different menu, in my opinion, a little bit better to the changing tastes and, and of the area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of young people in the area I live in and, and I, and I can take that and, and really, um, uh, do something with it. And they said, so the sales will grow. And I said, yeah, but the popularity will grow as well because we know how to do marketing. Uh, we know how to bring in Instagram. We know how to do all this, these kinds of things to do that. And we can literally apply those things, the principles and all the stuff we've learned about that. We can apply it to anything, products or food or whatever it is. And so they agreed. They said, okay, so let's do it. And so I partnered with them and we basically took over their, their spot. And, um, and we, the first year, we just did crazy numbers. It was, it was yeah. amazing. They've never seen numbers like that before. And I, and, I, and I gave them what I was able to sort of promise to them. I said, look, you're going to get more revenue, but you don't have to do as much. And, um, and uh, yeah, I didn't I, – here's a, here's a secret for everyone. I spent not a single dime on that. I, I, or... I, I didn't spend any money on it. Um, because it didn't make sense to, you know, if I'm going to spend a bunch of money on, and really do something, I'll just do it on my own. But yeah. I saw an opportunity. And I said, Hey, um, we're going to put in nothing, but we're going to bring something that will bring you more money. So it's just adding value to, mm-hmm. to their life. You know, yeah. it's, it's like one of those consultant guys who goes to somebody and says, if you just give me, if you just give me a part of your business, I will turn your business double. Yeah. I mean, who's going to say no to that, especially if that person has credibility? And I was able to show that credibility through the, through the marketing that I did with my marketing business. So mm-hmm. that's where that really tipped it over. They, they looked at it and go, okay, so we can be popular on, on, on social media. And I said, yeah. And, and, and I was right. We, were, we did really great, and we're, we're on all these um, things, local news, national news, and, and like you said, Food Network. And so that's really worked well for us. Does that mean the business will stay open for five years? No, it, it doesn't mean anything. It yeah. just means that we can enjoy what we have now and do our best. And, and um, if it doesn't work out, we move on. And if it does, we just, we just keep going, you know, and we're, yeah. we're having fun with it. And, and, you know, there's struggles. So it's not all fun, of course. There's struggles, there's, there's difficulty. But you find really good people, find out what they're good at, and then, and then bring them in and, 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 and plug them in. I'm not good at cooking. Yeah. I don't know how to make the burgers in our place. I know the ingredients, but I don't make them. Yeah. If I try to do it, I will delay our delivery orders. I will delay our whole operation. It's pointless to try to do that yourself. 
a lot of entrepreneurs try to do that. They, they go like, I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, and they end up making not a great product because they're quite frankly, just not good at that part of it, mm -hmm. you know, and restaurant owners, especially here in Los Angeles, they, they're not great with Instagram or with Facebook or with whatever it is. So that's partly why there's so many of these SMMA, you know, social media marketing um, um, agencies that are just run by some 22 year old kid who understands and they, Instagram and marketing. And, yeah. yeah. And, and they do, and they do great. Like I, I have my, my, my colleague who's my marketing business uh, partner, his name's Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. <laughs> He's, um, he came to me last year. I met him in the summer last year and he goes, okay, what do you do? He, he did the typical, which is really smart. He goes, Hey, I want to buy you coffee and I want to know what you do. And yeah. um, we talked and then he said, I want to do marketing. And I said, are you sure? Do you really want to do it? Because if you really want to do it, I'm gonna, we're going to do it. And he said, I really do. So I said, okay, you better be ready. Two weeks later, we got our first $13,000 or $12,000 contract. And um, he's been running it ever since. So Nice. <laughs> Quality. So in terms, in terms of food, I wonder if you have any insight on, you know, what are the major sort of trends or upcoming, you know, popular foods? I feel like L.A., correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it's maybe a place where these kind of trends all sort of kick off. Is that right? Or what's your yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really New York and L.A. and, and places yeah. like London and Tokyo and, you know, uh, places that are already heavily Instagrammed, places yeah. that are already heavily um, put on Snapchat and Facebook. They are yeah. already that. So everything there already gets that exposure. So it's a great place to launch. That's why everybody moves here. You know, they start getting like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 YouTube subscribers, whatever the topic of their channel is. And yeah. then they and then they end up um, moving to L.A. because, you yeah. know, you, YouTube is here and they have a lot of support here and, and the community is big here. But the competition is very high for yeah. me. Um, uh, I like to take what already exists and try to do it in a different way. Um, like the burger sort of thing? Like the burgers or the, or the pizza. You know, people come to my pizza restaurant and, and I remember my partner at my pizza restaurant, which is a, a different partner. His name's Henry. When, when I said, hey, we're going to do this onion, fried onion bloom thing on, on a pizza. And mm -hmm. he said, he looked at me and in Korean, it's called Hyung, which means big brother. He looked at me and goes, uh, basically said, Big Brother, I, I don't think this is a good idea. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he couldn't visualize it. So we made it, and I looked at it, and I said, okay, make it one more time, make it twice. So we made it a few times, and I said, that's it. And then we he said, let's sque squeeze this delicious like house-made white garlic sauce on it, and we, we oh, put it all over it. And, and we tested it, and now almost every other table orders it. Wow. So, but so it's, it's what I it's, – for me, it's sometimes <laughs> like it's what we come up with is the trend, you know, like that's what people need to think about. A lot of people see trends and go, okay, how can I mark, how can I capitalize on that? And, and, it, yeah. and that can work. Or you can just be the person that says, I'm just going to make a trend and tell people that it's the best and the greatest and, and make that, that trend. And I have more experience making something a trend rather than capturing Jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Because a burger is a burger. So I just, yeah. I said, I just want to make this more exciting. I, a regular burger. I still love, I've never had a burger. I didn't like that goes yeah. with pizza and tacos. Right now in LA, tacos is having a another. Tacos has always been popular, but now it's just extra, extra popular. But you know what's happening here, and, and I'm sure it's like that for many of the 
metro bigger big metros in the world vegan food mm-hmm. yeah vegan massive. food but but not just like a vegan restaurant right because if you go to a vegan restaurant it can be i don't want to say intimidating it can be a little like daunting because you don't you don't know you don't know what stuff is made of. a lot of vegans who go there they go there and they go okay yeah i've seen this this is what this is made out of this is this kind of thing right but if you're not vegan or you're thinking about being vegan or you're vegetarian you go to these places and it's like okay i don't get it it's very it's it's expensive and i don't get it. so i think the next big thing is vegan niched foods mm-hmm. um so uh, for instance vegan burger shops that are just burger shops they're not mm-hmm. you know they don't have vegan salad and vegan like you know, uh, this and that stuff made out of to- tofu or beans. Specifically or something. It's specifically something. And I feel like yeah. that's happening. And well, it, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to sound visionary. It is happening. Mm-hmm. People are opening uh, vegan burger shops that look just like your uh, here in, here in, here in um, California. It, it's called in and out or they yeah, look, they look like the same presentation of Shake Shack. So it's like, mm-hmm. Give me Shake Shack visuals for my Instagram, but give me vegan because I'm vegan. Yeah. And, and they're just combining that. Yeah. So, so a lot of restaurants have vegan pizza. They have like a vegan burger and they have like vegan salad and they have like 30, 20, whatever amount of items that are all vegan. But mm-hmm. that's a vegan restaurant. I'm talking about make a burger shop that's also vegan. That just happens to be vegan so that everybody can enjoy it. So, so I don't know the statistics, but I feel like a lot of people who go to those vegan burger restaurants – are not vegan yeah but they might be people who want to be a little bit healthier so they they assume that it's a little bit healthier although it's mm-hmm. not necessarily healthier there's a lot of sodium in that stuff yeah. but 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 yeah and and you know beyond meats and um impossible food beyond meats just had their ipo three three uh weeks ago and uh, four weeks ago and they're obviously kicking butt and their market cap has gone ballooning crazy but but yeah i mean it's clear that there's a need and a demand for it in another way. And then as the world is more like conscious to plant-based and, you know, we got to take care of our oceans and, you know, that's, everything's getting bigger and, and more, uh, people are getting more aware. Are people doing more about it? I don't know, but at least yeah. people are becoming more aware. You know, if you throw this plastic bag in the ocean, this turtle's going to like choke on it. Like people are becoming more aware of that. They, you know, you kind of always known that stuff, but like, you know, it's now in your face all the it's time. It's becoming more prevalent. Yeah. 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 And so I'm, uh, one thing that doesn't exist in LA is that, that I know of is a, is a, something that's so popular right now is hot chicken, right? Like, like spicy or yeah. Like really spicy chicken. You know, you go to the South in, in, in the U S and obviously that's always been a thing, but it's becoming more popular in LA. Like it's been around for the, past few years in LA hot chicken like you open another hot chicken shop you're gonna come it doesn't matter if it's good or not people yeah. still come because they just want hot chicken so my idea is um to bring that to vegan food right yeah and I see people starting to do that they don't own brick and mortars but they own like pop-up shops and and food trucks and I feel like whoever is the first to do that and open like a fried chicken hot you know vegan place yeah, that is just like a burger shop, but just a, you know, like a Chick Fil A. I don't know if you have you guys. Do you guys have yeah. Chick Fil A? We don't have it here, but anytime I'm in the states, yeah, I'll make a point yeah. of going there. It's like the Chick Fil A of vegan chicken, right? Like vegan, like a vegan place that's like that. Mm-hmm. Whoever does that first, I think is gonna really do awesome. And I, I personally, you know, this is this is between us and all your listeners. I'm personally looking for 
a business that is doing that and doing that well. And I'd love to partner with them to bring their current, you know, if it's delicious, of course, but if to, to jump in and go, Hey, you guys do this. Well, I do this. Well, let's partner and see what we can do well together. Right. Mm, so nice. I'm, uh, I'm currently on your, uh, Korean town pizza company, Instagram. Yeah. That's making me even hungrier. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder, can we maybe jump topics completely? Yeah, to, uh, let's do it. I've kind of followed you a bit and, and consumed a bit of your content around investing. Um, and I've enjoyed kind of watching the clips that you put up on, you know, thinking through actually what you're consuming in terms of products, services. You know, I think your latest one was that, you know, everyone goes to the, uh, what do you call it in America? Like your supermarket or the, the mall? Um, yeah, the malls, right? You know, everyone goes to the mall, but actually, you know, there's these companies or maybe rates or whatever that actually own these malls and that you can right. invest in these and actually not just be a consumer, but, you know, invest in companies behind it and capitalize, you know, and right. still go to the mall. But, you know, do you want to touch on that briefly? Yeah. So, so I feel like um, people uh, who have approached me, individuals um, all over the world, right? And I, and I know you get this too. You get probably just zillions of DMs of people just, how, what do I do? How do I invest? You know, you know and, and I think people are, uh, even if you teach them, they, they stop. Because, you know, I can't expect them to go, here's how to invest, and then for them to just do it. I want for them to. For the rest to. of their life, yeah. Yeah, you, you want them to, but then here's what they do. They go on... Um, Instagram, they go on uh, stock twits, they go on um, Forbes, they go on any news and, and, and then they just get so confused because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this guy, Johnny on Instagram is telling me to invest into uh, real estate mm-hmm. and uh, specifically maybe this company or whatever. And, and then they read articles. It's like, oh, this company might do bad next year. Yeah. Or, you know, there's just so much opinions. Yeah. It's and just so a classic. A lot of people, yeah. They listening get stuck. to too many opinions. Yeah. Or listening yeah, to too you, many voices and, and getting consumed by yeah, and I think all that's, the news. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's the problem. They, they, they step, they, they walk themselves into mud or yeah. quicksand and they get stuck. And then they just go, uh, you know what? This isn't for me. I'd rather keep my money safe in the bank. And I tell them, look, these articles in these news places, they're written to get your attention so that you can click their buttons and, and give them advertising dollars. Eyeballs, yeah, right? the so they'll or, write yeah. anything. If you look at, um, if you go to Google news and type anything about any stock type Google, half the articles will say Google stock is, is, is obviously great. And here's all the good things about Google. And then half of them will be like, uh, Oh, Google is, it's, it's, they have, they not innovating. They got nothing anymore. They're, they're terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. And then people go, yeah, Google, and they start to believe that. And I, I go, what are you talking about? You use Google every, you give them your eyeballs every day, and yeah. you give them money every day in the form of advertising dollars for their advertisers mm-hmm. every single day, like multiple times a day, hundreds of times, for me, like 10, 15, 20, 50 times a day, you know? I'm yeah. always giving them my money, you know? And, or giving them my eyeballs so that they can profit from their advertisers, right? Yeah. So it's weird that people doubt that. So that's why I'm starting kind of big. I'm not saying, hey, build a portfolio out of like five companies, mm-hmm. but I'm telling people, hey, just think about it. You go yeah. to malls, you spend money at malls, and somebody owns this ginormous place that 
maybe staring at a fountain, you know, enjoying the the food court or or you know some kind of a thing they're doing there, right? Yeah. And you're just people watching, like literally people go there, get some air conditioning, people watch, and they go to a store and they just oh I spend some money doing it. And the way I think of it is like, okay, you like Gap clothes, Gap clothing. Okay, maybe buy some Gap stock if you think they're mm-hmm. doing well, right? Do some research, check it out. So when you buy the clothing, you're also profiting from it. You're profiting yeah. from it. Let 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 the company Gap's um, uh, growth uh, give you money that you can buy the clothes. But who is Gap paying rent to? Right? Gap doesn't own that mm-hmm. store. They're paying rent to a bunch yeah. of dudes, a bunch yeah. of people, a bunch of families and, and companies and investment capital firms, right? Invent- so one of the biggest ones in the United or the definitively biggest mall owner in, in the United States um, and one of the largest in the world uh, for malls specifically or shopping centers specifically is, is, um, is Simon, right? And so that's why I said that. I said, don't just, don't just shop at malls, invest in them because if you're going to go to malls for the rest of your life, like I see young people at malls and old mm-hmm. people, they've been going to malls their whole yeah. life, right? You're going to be doing that somebody's profiting from that and it may as well be you because you probably have money sitting in a bank yeah. anyway. Right. And it's, and so I, I just, I'm trying to get people to see it very simply. Like here's a mall. Somebody's making money from a mall. You can make that money too. Great. Give yourself exposure to it and, and see what happens. And, and it blows people. I, I get messages from people going, Oh my gosh, I never, I, I never thought of it that way. I, I didn't even know you can buy into to a property company like that and, and get a piece of the mm-hmm. action, whether it be small or big, you know, I just never knew that. And, and, you know, it's the same with cloud cloud technology is everything right now. We're doing this, this call on anchor because of yeah. cloud, right? It, it's all because of cloud. Where are all those data centers? Cause they're not actually in the cloud. They're all on land somewhere mm-hmm. and they need redundancy and they need multiple centers and multiple yeah. points. Who, who runs all yeah. that? I think, I think, Google technically doesn't run all that, yeah. right? It, it's run by somebody that Google pays. Yeah, to run, totally. So. I think, yeah, my mindset is, has shifted kind of towards just what you're saying there over the past sort of year or two, maybe even three, in terms of like now wherever I go, whatever products I buy or services I you know consume, I'm like, who is actually behind this? And maybe it's even just a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a, like a mindset mindset shift but like whenever you go to the grocery store and you buy like i don't know like toilet roll or wipes or you know anything yeah yeah you end up like looking at the packaging and being like oh it's like you know procter and gamble and it's just like it it, like actually messes with your mind you start to like not actually look at the prices of things but actually like (laughs) the uh, company behind them (laughs) Uh, exactly i'll say two things to that one is People go, uh, the recession is coming. And I said, okay, but nobody stops wiping their ass during the recession. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I hope, I really yeah. hope not. They, people are going to, uh, you know, use the restroom the exact same mm-hmm. amount they would, whether there's a recession yeah. or not. So investing in the companies that make that product or own that product or own that mm-hmm. company, that's like mm-hmm. awesome. This, the second thing I want to say is I'm just like that. I'm just like you when I, I was, I, and I, and I told this to a few people, uh, when I was at a mall, there's a, a Japanese, uh, retail company called Uni- uh, Uniqlo, right. Yep. And 
uh, and I saw a t-shirt and it was fourteen ninety nine. I said, Oh, I really like this t-shirt. It's got this cool like character on it. And my wife's like, just buy it. And when I looked at it, I said, you know what? No, fourteen ninety nine. I can buy one share or two shares of this stock that I know yeah. right now. And, and by the time that growth is done, I can buy a couple outfits in this, in this store that I yeah. really like. And that shirt's going to be on sale. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And because whether I wear it now or not, it's not going to make a difference. It's a T-shirt. I can wear it today or I can wear it next year. It's not going to make any difference to the way it yeah. fits. Right. It's going to be the Unless exact same way. Unless you eat too many burgers. So I, <laughs> yeah. Or exactly. Or if you eat too many burgers. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other <laughs> thing. Right. But, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a shirt and you're going to want it. And you're going to like it later too, uh, you know, hopefully. And if you don't, obviously you're never even going to end up buying it. That's how I see everything now. I. I see it. Everything is opportunity cost for investing. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, if I don't do this, I'll save five bucks. I'll put that towards this and that five bucks will multiply by itself. Yeah. And so I maximize it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Niall between us. Well, and everyone who's listened to this, a uh, lot of people ask me, how much money should I keep in my bank versus how much I should invest? Cause the number one question or one of the top five questions is how much should I start with? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know, but, but make sure you're, you're, you're getting to a place where you're seeing you're seeing purpose in your investments, right? Because a lot of people throw money out into stocks and then they don't see purpose. They, they're, they're just hoping. They're nervous. Yeah. They're thinking about it a lot. They're like, should I, I don't know, should I just keep my Tesla stock? Well, what, what am I doing? And, and they're making themselves nervous. Investing shouldn't, it is a risk, of course, but it shouldn't be like this thing where every day you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're biting their nails and they're biting their lips trying to figure, I said, if you're, you're suffering, you're like killing yourself for your investments. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. You're supposed to invest so that you can enjoy your life later on by making some good, good investments. Yeah. You know, that's, that's more important, but so, people are like panicking on that. Yeah. So. And so you personally, if you're open to sharing, are you more sort of dividend income type investor or do you just go, you know, index funds or are you a bit of a mix or are you just like, Absolute proof stocks. Check this out. It it all started for me with this thing called I call offsetting. It's it's not a it's not like a hard concept. I, that's just the best word I can call it. Yeah. I ha I have to pay AT and T a hundred and twenty bucks a month for my family plan, mm-hmm. right? So I tell myself I want AT and T to pay for that. Yeah. So, so naturally, much, right? Yeah. We we both know you got to put a certain amount into AT and T. Now it, it look. You, you'll realize, oh, we have to put like ton into AT to even break even with with that dividend, right? Yeah. But but that's not the way to see it. The way to see it is, hey, I'm getting money from the company that I pay, mm-hmm. right? So if Take I pay 120 bucks, yeah, like I'm getting a discount. Like people always ask for discount. I'm getting a discount because when when everybody's paying AT and T, they're paying out somebody too, mm-hmm. right? And and obviously it's it's dividends and it's cut up and it's chopped up. But I got to a place in my life where all of my dividend income pays for 100% of all of my expenses of my family. Nice. It, it, it pays for everything. Wow. So what do you do with all that excess money you're making from your businesses or your, your full-time job? Mm-hmm. Well, you just invest more yeah. and you invest more. So there's a, so then there's this like, um, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm just going to make this up right now. There's this golden cross moment, right? Right. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, my dividends pay for all of my expenses, but now it's going over that amount. Yeah. Right. I'm getting more from dividends than I actually need in terms of offsetting. I have this, I have this excess. Yeah. 
And now you can start getting into different stuff, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like for everyone who's listening and, and doing like the long-term stuff, get to a place where, of course, you're, you're, you're crushing your debts, of course, and doing all that. But get to your place where you're collecting really good dividends and, and collect them every month, you know, not just, not just quarterly off of a few. Make sure you, you make a calendar where you're getting it every month, yeah. whether, whatever that's through, right? Mm-hmm. And, and use that money towards your expenses. Don't, don't, go, don't buy two cheeseburgers just because you have double the money now, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and so for me, I'm, I'm all about long-term dividend growth stocks, also just long-term dinosaur stocks, you know, I, I, blue chips, right? Yeah. But, but also there's a side of me that does a lot of, that wants to do more real estate mm-hmm. and wants to do, uh, or, and continues to do day trading. Yeah. I have day trading like goals mm-hmm. that I like that. And, and what do I do with that money? It, I put it into my long-term system, right? Yeah. So that I can feed it a little bit faster. So, you know, some people get a paycheck and they pay all their expenses and they go, I only have a hundred bucks left to put in my, to put in my stocks. That's, I'm not going to get anywhere. It's going to take me like 20 years to get somewhere. Yeah. So I tell them, well, well, if you have a risk appetite and you do want to get it faster and you have this intuitiveness that might help you with day trading mm-hmm. or, or something that might help, go for it. Just saying, you know, saying, oh, it's just too risky. I'm never going to do it. That doesn't, to me, that doesn't make sense. You should at least try it once. And if, and if it totally scares you and it was the worst experience of all time, okay, fine. Now you have a really good reason. Yeah. But if you've never done it and just, you know, your grandpa said, don't ever do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm over here trying, uh, doing it and, and, you know, you don't win all the time or else I'd be a zillionaire. But, but you win enough where it's like you're, you're, put, you're able to put money in and really accelerate the growth of your dividend mm-hmm. stocks, right? Yeah. A lot of people go, how do, you, how do you have enough money to have that much dividends? They go, well, what are you doing? If you're just working full time and watching Game of Thrones at home after that, what do you what do you really expect? Yeah, you know totally. you gotta you you have to you have to you know it's a shift of mindset, really isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then I have and then you and I both have friends who who make probably cra- I have friends who make crazy money, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then they add to it. They just have crazy money, but they have no idea how to multiply it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just sitting in a bank. For me, between us. I don't have I uh ha, I have $300 in my savings account. Yeah. The rest and people is say invested. what what if, what if there's an emergency and I say well ask yourself does your credit card stop working during emergency, you know? Yeah. Do you have enough liquid assets where you could just pull it out and it's put right back into your bank in 5 days, you know? Like what what's the what's the issue, you know? And it really comes down to do I trust my investments enough? And that comes down to, do I trust myself to invest my own money? And, and that's where it really stems from that. And I trust myself enough. So I just go, what, why should I give it to my bank? Yeah. I only have $300 cause that's a minimum or else they'll penalize me. <laughs> that's how stupid, yeah. that's how stupid that is. They'll penalize you. And, and when they penalize you, you know, I think, uh, in 2018, I think it was the banks in the U S collected 30 something billion dollars of fees, some, something like that, you know? Yeah. And what do they do? They give their CEOs a big boost, but they also um, collect that towards their growth. And then their stock goes up, and I profit from it. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I, I feel yeah. like you've got a wealth of knowledge on not only investing, but business. But I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, if, for sure. If people want to kind of follow up with you or, or just follow you, where's the best place to do that? You mentioned Instagram. The best place is, uh, is Instagram because email is, is so difficult and, it, and it, it's, and it's, not, it's, not, um, it's not chatting, right? Email is not chatting. Email is just 
you know, you go back and forth and you expect someone to respond to you mm-hmm. within a couple of days. But I feel like with Instagram, people can actually chat with me slide and ask me live questions. Yeah, slide into the DMs. So it's at Waltz in the Street. You know, the street would be uh, Wall Street, you know, and I like dancing on it. So nice. Waltz in the Street, hit me up. Um, and I really, really appreciate it. Niall. I really appreciate it. Nice one. Cool. Thanks so much, Johnny. Have a good one. Cheers. Go eat. Go eat. Go eat. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, brother. Nice one.